step wicka, two. Wicka, 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 wicka. I don't know. <laughs> Weighing in with Travis Hartman, I am B Money, the producer. That over there is the talent. Weekend Trav. Um, Weekend Trav, it's been a little bit since we've met. Uh, this is episode 147. Uh, a few things we want to catch up on, and we're going to start first and foremost. Teofimo Lopez took on Jermaine Ortiz a couple weekends ago, and I don't want to call it controversy, but there's a lot of questions to the results of this uh, matchup. Uh, some people claiming it was a track meet. Some people claiming somebody gets robbed, this person gets robbed. And I want to dive into it. Maybe give the listeners at home, the watchers at home, a breakdown of what this fight was about. Teofimo Lopez, Jermaine Ortiz, and then your viewpoint, and we'll talk about it. So it was a 140-pound title fight, world title fight, Tiafimo. Mm -hmm. I say that wrong a lot. It's Tiafimo. I'm going to start calling him Tio. Tio was fighting Jermaine Ortiz, which was a rematch because they fought in the amateurs in the National Golden Gloves finals and Tio beating by a decision. So there was some bad blood going into this fight as well. Like I said, this was for a world title. Um, It was in uh, Mandalay Bay, Vegas. So big fight. Tio is trying to get back on the major scene after his brief retirement, right? (laughs) So like all this talk has been going on that we were really expecting fireworks. We're really expecting both of these guys to just like a knockdown drag out, right? And then it turned out to be... In my opinion, though, I thought it was brilliant boxing um, by Jermaine Ortiz's mm. part. I really did. I thought it was very strategic. I thought he did very well. Um, I The decision, I don't think, was ludicrous, if that makes sense. Mm. So it was a unanimous decision win for Tio. He won 115-113 on two scorecards, 117-111 on the other scorecard. However, I know the 117-111 seems crazy, but it was a very close fight. Mm. Okay, there was a lot of rounds that were just very tight rounds, and I'm not upset with the decision. What I am upset with is uh, Tio and Bob Arum of Top Rank, who came out and claimed that Jermaine ran the whole fight, right. that Tio didn't lose one single round. I want to tell boxing fans is, when somebody can't catch somebody or they don't know how to cut the ring off, they claim it's running. So, Jermaine Ortiz <clears throat> was strategic, and he landed... More punches than Tio. How could he run? So for those that didn't watch this title fight, um, Teofimo Lopez was visibly frustrated with his opponent, Jermaine Ortiz, because as you mentioned, going into it, it sounded like it was going to be kind of a barn burn. They're yeah. going to go after each other. But game plan is, is different, yeah. and Jermaine Ortiz, beautiful game plan, and, and just did circle that ring quite a bit. He was did. moving on his feet quite a bit. Yep. Um, uh, and so the the complaint from the boxing crowd, especially those that don't really watch a lot of boxing, is that, oh, this is boring. This guy's just running around. Well, no, you're right. And you hit on it. And in fact, Jermaine Ortiz hit on it. You would see pop, pop, move out. Yeah. And maybe he circled a lot, but he was trying to pull Teofimo Lopez in to to actually engage, whereas Teofimo Lopez wanted him to come to him yeah. to engage. Well, that makes no sense. I mean, he was playing to the weaknesses of Lopez, and I think we saw it. And he got frustrated, yeah. visibly frustrated in that. He got way. in his head for sure. And I think that even though Tio won that fight, he didn't win fans because mm. there's two things. You're right. The fans. It wasn't the most exciting fight for no. fans. No, those boring. fights aren't. However, what's the the rule in boxing is hit and not get hit. Yeah. And Jermaine Ortiz did that pretty brilliantly. Yeah. I think he fought his game plan. He fought the best he possibly could fight and had a chance to beat uh, Tio. I don't think he beat Tio quite, 
But I do think I would have been okay with a draw. I think a draw 100% would have been a fair scorecard even. But it was so close. Everyone was so close. I think why Tio pulled it off is because he was the aggressor and he was coming forward. Mm. So when you have super close rounds, the aggressor usually gets it. And, 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 he, and he's the champion too. And it's not supposed to be that way, but sometimes it is. But I get where people are coming from, the fans. But what I want to tell all the boxing, it was the boxing people that I've heard from that were like, oh, he was running. I'm like, you guys know really. what boxing is? It was so very strategic. At one time, Tio did sit back on the ropes and... In the, it was like a fourth or fifth round and got in the corner and said, come on. And guess what? Ortiz came though, landed six or seven, ducked, move, slipped out. Yeah. I was like, he was a brilliant boxer. He brought on a Cuban um, uh, coach for that fight too. And mm-hmm. you could tell because the Cubans are very, very strategic and very good boxers. And I saw that come out in that fight. Jermaine Ortiz is very good. He's very good. Like Tio, I don't think, as much as Tio wants to be great, I think they're not picking the right opponents for him. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay, you have to fight. You have to fight. I get it, but I felt like this was kind of a choice. You get to pick a top ten guy, you know, any of them, and they pick this guy. And I don't think it was a good choice. Just like I don't think when they fought uh, Chris Sandor Martin, I thought he lost to Chris Sandor Martin, who actually dropped Tio as well. Um, but I just don't think it's good matchups for him. It was another lefty, and I think Tio has been struggling with lefties. I mean, it just, he he beat Lomachenko though. And we thought he could handle lefties, but then he loses to two lefties. In my opinion, he should have lost to the other guy. And he, this fight was very close. I think he lost in the fans' eyes, though. So here's the thing. You take a, a Tiafima Lopez, and you're starting to get the blueprint as to how to beat him. But usually when you take a, a high-profile fighter, someone that's a top echelon fighter, and you look at how, how do I beat this guy, there's not as many you know, possibilities to do. When you look at Tiafima Lopez, the blueprint's growing and growing and growing. Yeah, he's There's several fights. ways, several ways that it seems like if I'm a coach, if I'm a trainer going in with my fighter, we're, go- we're going to uh, go about this fight this way. Either now we're going to frustrate him. We're going to, because once you get in his head, it's over. It's over. That's the key. You know, or you take like a cambosis and you just smother and attack the guy you actually you actually fight him like Teofimo Lopez would be fighting himself actually that seems to be a way to beat him so I, think t- I, I just feel like there's a lot of cracks in his armor and we're yeah. starting to see that on display yeah I mean it's, I, th- I still think it takes a very talented guy to beat him but I do think that Tio, in my opinion, I think what happened was some of his really highlight reel knockouts that kind of got him on the major scene. I think he's fallen in love too mm. much with that power mm-hmm. because when I'm watching against all these guys that he's had tough fights with, he's throwing single punches. He's yes. throwing single counters. He's got amazing reflexes. Even against Jermaine Ortiz, there's a couple times where he threw a punch, leaned out, came back over the yeah. top with something brilliant. It was brilliant. Like his, his reactions and his reflexes are amazing, but he's only throwing one and two punches. So that's why I think when you fight a guy like a Jermaine, or- Jermaine Ortiz who throws punches in bunches, Cambosis threw punches mm-hmm. in bunches. I think guys can outwork and outmuscle Tiafimo, and they get in his head. That guy, I think, and it's no, it's no secret because the dad is kind of crazy too. And I think that whole relationship is just the, the emotions that are involved there and the mental stuff. I think there's a lot of mentally, emotionally things going on there. And you can see it in Tio's last two to three years. You can see he had a small breakdown after the Chris yeah. Sandor Martin fight, right? Like, I think that if you can get in Tio's head, you get in the ring, you make him miss a little bit, and you don't stand in front of him and let him hit you, mm. I think you get under his skin. And that's kind of been the the blueprint so far and those guys have gotten under his skin they don't engage when he wants them to engage mm-hmm. they engage when they want to and because they do that of course they're making it very tough for him to look good and you as a fighter why wouldn't you want to you know have your offensive assault be when you want to 
not when the other guy is trying to bait you into it, yeah. but also we can travel. Do you also think this is a situation of him stepping up in weight now? Is that starting to play a factor? Because because before when we saw all the highlights of him from yeah. years ago, he was kind of bigger than the guys he was fighting yeah. at that weight class. But now that he's jumped up a bit, he's now kind of it's almost on par, or if not looking a little smaller in the ring. What what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think a little bit. I don't think it's major yet because I think, and I've, I've always said it on the podcast, is that when two high-level guys get up there, no matter what weight they are, unless it's heavyweight, the, the, higher, the higher level you are, the more apt you are to go the distance. Mm. And your power doesn't have that same effect because they don't let clean shots get through mm-hmm. usually. But I think it is a little bit, though. And I think that he hasn't adjusted to punching in bunches now because he thinking that his one punch KO yeah. power is going to get him and now it's not because he landed a couple decent shots uh, against Jermaine Ortiz over the weekend but I don't think it's having the same effect that it used to so you're right yes I think his power hasn't completely carried up like it did he mm-hmm. still got it like if he catches one of these guys sure, really good sure. for sure he can I mean, any, any but would. you're at this level I think that it's he's got to readjust a little bit he's moved up to 140 now right he used to fight at 135 and he would dominate there but you got to adjust your style a little bit. You also got to adjust, I think, your corner. I mean, I've said it last time. I think he needs a new person in the corner. Maybe even if it's not completely kick his dad out, maybe put his dad as the as the second man in charge. Yeah. Get somebody else in there because I think Tio, he's a, he's in a, he's at a brink again where this guy mentally is. I just don't know how stable but he is. You could tell. You could tell those latter rounds if you saw in, it, like the camera was on his dad. It, you couldn't hear what was being said, mm-hmm. but you could see the look on Tio's face. Those last few rounds, it's almost as if his dad was saying you're behind or saying something you could just see like his yeah. demeanor changes he kept telling you to let your hands go he yeah, was not wrong Tiofimo's there demeanor was changing those latter rounds and then um i mean post fight the interview i mean he wasn't even hit that much yeah he's still not making any sense in there yeah i don't i, I don't I don't know he's what it is unstable, with him. He's man. And I think it's it's just that he goes from these, like, he's got such huge highs. highs. and low lows. I mean, mm. it's it's like, it's insane because he is very, when he beat Josh Taylor, how he beat Josh Taylor, we all were like, oh my gosh, like, this is the T.O. that we saw beat Lomachenko. Like, oh my gosh, he's back. But then now what happens? He does that against Taylor, comes back and yeah. has this huge low. I'm you like, know what would be helpful, I think? If- that is, I think that's a direct reflection of your team. You are that talented that, yes, sometimes you get by with your extreme talent. But then the other times, your entire group and your entire aurora is just thrown off because of that. It's not stable there. Yeah, I just wonder, in the sport of boxing, because I know it's it's become more prevalent in other sports, football, basketball, others, the sports psychology of it. Having mental health, for lack of better words, counselors involved, do you think that's something that's lacking a bit on the boxing side of things? Because I think everyone needs to – because boxing is such, it's such a one-on – it is a one-on-one sport. Yeah. You lose, you go through all these, you know, all the ups and it's downs. Coaster, yeah. and it's a roller coaster of emotions. And if you have nowhere to really – kind of lay that out other than you're a corner, which in his case is his, his father. Dad, yeah. It can't be good. Yeah. Do you, do you think the sport itself is kind of lacking some of that mental health um, access, I should say, or are these guys maybe not wanting to did the machismo of it, not wanting to do that. Do you, do you see that as a problem? I do, but I think it's deeper than that. It's so there's no access one because yeah. professional boxing is not governed by anybody. Right, yeah. so none of these fighters have pensions that don't have retirement. Well, they would have to see the person so, like that on their own, anyways. But and and, you're, and that's where I think that boxing does at some point needs to get together and have one commission, one commissioner, have a, have a union, mm-hmm. have a something. Like, I really we do believe about that. that before. I do, and that needs to happen. And this is why, because you're right. But 
I don't think it's so about 10 years ago, I saw a sports psychologist when I was boxing. So it's there and it's been around. Yeah. And I think a lot of guys do see them now for sure. And mm-hmm. I, I bet you, I, I mean, I would love to, I would check into this, but I, I would, I would venture to say that Tio probably is talking to one. Mm. I mean, I can't see him not that level. I mean, a lot of big time promoters and, and Tio's a big time fighter, whether we want to, want to admit it or not, he is, he's a big time fighter. He's a big time cash cow. You know, he's making a million a fight at least. Thinks he should be making 100, but he's not. But I think there is access because Top Rank, um, they've been around for a while, so they do know that sports psychologists do work. Um, I don't know if he's talking to one or not, but I know like guys like um, Tyson Fury. Well, he's he, a prime example of yeah, where which he, we'll, we'll talk about mental him health in a matters. But I think the access is not there, though. Yeah. I think boxing has to do better, and that's the union. We need to unionize to get that and have it on Irina as a professional women's tennis player. They have um, therapists and uh, sports psychs on deck yeah. to talk to anybody anytime I, they need to. I think, if anything, it would be helpful if at least the promotion companies had the um, ability to connect. Not, not necessarily, because if I'm a fighter and if I have sports psychologists put in front of me, I would kind of like, I don't is my promoter going to hear what's going on? Are, are they going to hear what goes they're on? Not supposed I know to. they're not supposed to, but I would be suspect yeah, of that. Yeah. But it I, is boxing. So you're not wrong. There's a lot of corruption. There. I think in the very least, maybe having the like, Hey, here's, here's several numbers to call or whatever yeah. else you're on your own with that because you should be. Uh, I don't know. I, I just thought about that off the fly. Um, and, no, I think you're right. It's more of a unionization though. We need mm-hmm. a lot better health care, better mental health care, better everything. Well, uh, pensions, retirements, Mr. Gulfstream Financial over here. You need to get in there, a part of the union of boxing, and let them know, hey, come give me your money, guys, and I will keep it safe, and I'll make you money and give you solid returns. That's well, Gulfstream Financial right there. Well, there you go. Um, so, Tiafima Lopez, what do you think is next for him? He, I mean, he immediately tried to call out uh, Terrence Crawford, <laughs> which I think was the wrong fight to do that because listen, I like it that he wants to fight him. I'm not saying that, yeah. but after that performance, you probably should just shut up and just let it just cool off. Don't make a big deal about it. And then later on down the road, call him out. But you know, you're, you're, you're a 140 pound champion. I like that. I respect that. It is, it is what it is. But I think that you got to clear your division out before you even try for a Terrence Crawford. Well, here's what I think could be in the works down the road. And I, I, don't, I don't know where they're both at from a weight standpoint. So, so don't, it isn't like necessarily the next fight. But there was some jawing. Keyshawn Davis, who we've talked about before, and I, I definitely think that he is coming. He's coming. Yeah. And we should be really highlighting him at the end of the year when we talk about our process. He just fought too. Yes, he did on the same exact card knockout. I think sixth round knockout. Um, they were joined correct, ringside. Over Hodre Pedraja, who is not hard, is yeah. hard to knock out. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a clash down the road between these two. Uh, at least it seems to be setting up that way. Their weights are very similar. He's 135, Keyshawn is. And okay. so there T- you go. Tio is 140, but so, Tio fought 35. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that. Because they did have some words after the fight. Keyshawn, after his fight, he made sure he made himself in, got himself into the stands or at least a couple rows back. So they were talking. <laughs> you know why that's a big deal too is because Brian Bomack, McIntyre, trains Keyshawn mm-hmm. Davis, who also trains Terrence Crawford. So that's also probably why he called out Crawford because the camp was there because oh. they were supporting. Crawford was there too. He yeah. was supporting Well, there his, you go. So, so according to B-Money, 
pay attention to that. That could be in the works here too, Fimo Lopez. So from one uh, 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 mental health candidate to another, we're going to talk. <laughs> we're going to talk heavyweights uh, because the big clash between Tyson Fury and Usyk is officially off. Which that's old news, folks. If you are listening to us, you know that's that's been the case. Uh, Fury had a little split over the eye during training. A lot of question marks with people speculating online whether or not it was whether or not it was like rampant. it was like all right hit me hit me now and split the cut me Mick cut come me. on come on and now that looks like that fight's pushed off for a few months at the very least May eighteenth I believe to yeah I believe it. so too so we can Trav <clears throat> what do you make of all this what do you make of this on again off again these two heavyweights will we eventually see them are we going to see them because it looks like Usyk in his contract he now has a backup plan structured around this deal as well so if Fury finds a way to wiggle out 10 million dollars are not on the line for wiggling out Usyk still has another opponent lined up this time so I'm not surprised because it's Tyson Fury for one mm-hmm. he's called the Gypsy King He's a gypsy. You know what gypsies do? They roam about. They're, they're never set in one place too long. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is Tyson Fury to a T. The guy you cannot predict what he's going to do next because I don't think he knows what he's going to do next sometimes. He's definitely he's out there. Uh, but I do think this fight will happen, though. I do. I think the cut was legit. I saw the pictures. I haven't saw the Your Excellency in Riyadh um, sat down with Tyson Fury and was, was talking about the restructuring of everything, how they're redoing mm-hmm. it. I believe them. I do believe there was a legit cut. It was real. The cut was disgusting. Um, I do believe that there is a $10 million fine on the line if anybody wiggles out. I think the fight does happen May 18th. However, don't be surprised if we get a curveball now and Usyk comes across an injury too because he's now been in camp training so many different times now. So don't be surprised uh, yeah. if his body breaks down I mean, listen, because of if it I'm, too. If I'm Usyk, I'm, I'm, I'm pissed right now. I'm frustrated because... First of all, I think he missed the birth of a daughter or something crazy like that because he was work training towards this he's fight. He's been out of the ring almost a year now. Yeah, and he's waiting for this. So plan B it looks August like Philip Hergovic. Am I saying that correctly? Hergovic. Hergovic. Yeah. There we go. Uh, so that's Usyk's, Usyk's plan B. That's what they're saying. Yeah, yeah. So if something happens with the Gypsy King leading up to this thing, then Philip is going to be ready to enter the ring instead. Uh, if I'm, I, I'm frustrated if I'm Usyk. 100%. I haven't fought. I'm a yeah. fighter. I want to fight. I missed, I missed the birth of a daughter or daughter or son. I don't know what it was. I think I saw that somewhere because I'm training for this. I'm the heavyweight champion of the world. I hold all but one major title of the heavyweight class. Yep. And WBO, I'm not WBA, fighting. IDF. And I want to fight. Yep. Everyone wants to see me fight Fury, and it's not happening. And so far, maybe it happens in May. I don't know. We can travel. But that's the update on there. Yeah, May 18th in the Kingdom Arena in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. So yeah. it's supposed to happen, I think, barring any injuries. I do think it will happen uh, for sure. I do. Barring any injuries, like I said, that you never know with boxing. And B-Money, we always say it on the podcast, we don't believe it until they step in that ring, in the Bingo. bell rings. So this is the same thing, and I think everybody knows that. In fact, but to I be think fair, we said it about this fight. You, you, you did, I think, for <laughs> sure. Um, but we didn't think, it, we just thought it was going to be something else, like Fury coming back and renegotiating a contract and getting out of it. But this was a pretty legit one. I believe the cut was legit. I believe it is a legit... Oh, look deep, yeah. Um, I mean, the photos they put out immediately yeah, on social media. Gross. I'm like, wow, that looks pretty clean. It doesn't even look swollen. It looks like someone maybe just sliced it open. Yeah, it, th- they showed the video of it too. But it, it, it is what it is. He looks like he's cut for sure. I mean, he is cut. Nowadays, I mean, I, 
AI, artificial intelligence. Oh, you can do about point. anything, dude. Great point. You really can do about anything. Great okay. Point. So it does I'm not I'm not saying that we mm, know for sure. Mm. I'm not gonna fuel the conspiracy theory Where's either. Where's the medical record? But I'm saying that I believe it and I believe the fight will happen um in May, May eighteenth, when it's supposed to. So not when it's it was supposed to happen. February. A long time ago. Be even for that, yes. <laughs> so, but to be fair, Alexander's been out of the ring a lot too, but so is Tyson Fury. He has been pretty inactive, like for yeah. a bit now. But yeah, he's he's out of the ring almost almost a year as well. And even before that, he only fought once in 2023. He fought twice in 2022, once in 2021, once in 2020. Well, to be so fair, Fury, he's super Fury fought last. Fury fought last he and did. almost lost to a novice. He fought Francis Ngannou in October. He probably did lose to him, but he got the win. He he eked out a tight, tight win yeah. that a lot of people thought. Yeah. Ooh, it was a split decision, so yeah, he, he lost the one score. Um, so yeah, that's the heavyweight division. And speaking of Ngannou, Ngannou is also going to fight Tyson Fe- or Tyson Fury. He's going to fight Anthony Joshua, yeah. and that's in March, I believe, Which, right? Wait a minute. Somebody else March said... 8th. Oh, wait, January, yeah, March 8th. That's coming up. Who was it that said that a couple months ago? That that, that sounded to be like what was going to be the next step for him. Oh, yeah. I said that. <laughs> That should be the next fight that he has. Oh, for Anthony Ngannou? Joshua. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you were right because they're fighting March body, 8th. You want two bodybuilders <laughs> swinging for the fences, okay, and eventually sucking wind after a few rounds. That's what I want to see. And it's very interesting because I'm surprised that Joshua went for this. It's only a 10-rounder. Joshua's a 12-round fighter. He's a world title fighter. Like, you're giving, yeah, but if you. <sighs> Who else is he going to fight right now? Uh, he's got options now. I mean, yeah, but, you could, he could still, if oh, he fought Deontay Wilder instead that, of Ngannou, that would be a better fight though. Yeah, still. but if he can go through and dismantle Ngannou where Fury could not. Yeah, that's what's going to say. That, that throws fight. his name back into the mix of, oh, maybe I can beat Fury one day, which I still don't know why we're even talking about that because Fury is a flake at this point. He, he only has. At this point, always. How does he still have the one belt? I don't even know. How yeah, they, they not strip they, they didn't even that? Sa- actually, they didn't even sanction that, no, right? That was because no. that was not a world title fight. They didn't, and good for them for not sanctioning it. But still, it's it's. I'm kind of mm. over it. I'm kind of over it. Weekend trap. His last his last defense of that title was December of 2022 against Derek Chisora, who was 33. In his the friend, flag. by the way. Yeah. He gave him his friend a payday. And then before that, it was Dillian White, who's pretty solid. Yeah, but that was another 2022. friend too. So like. Deontay Wilder was his last serious fight, and that was 2021. And that was of an October. eternity ago. Yeah. Did you even have a kid back then? No, I yeah. didn't. Okay. My kid and was now, born the month later. Yeah. Now you're about to have three of them uh, total. Whew, and so yes. we can travel. I'm done with them. Let's talk, That's though. Fair. We got local action coming up this Saturday, we do. February 24th. Edgar Berlanga is back in town, but this time he's lacing up the gloves. He will be fighting at the Carib Royale in Orlando, Florida, brought to you by Box Lab Promotions. I don't know the name of the show, but that is going to be Saturday, February 24th. That is in a week from us talking right now. Uh, On DAZN again, yeah. On DAZN. Great, great, great for Orlando, great for local fighting, great for just, I don't know what else to say about it. Do we see, actually, I'll throw it to you. Do we see, finally, Edgar Berlanga back to form with his knockout power? I don't think so. Mm. Because he's he he is fighting pretty legit guys now. He's fighting the WBA number three rated um, Padrag McCrory, who's eighteen zero nine KOs. So, mm-hmm. it on paper it looks like the guy's pretty legit. And what we all know is when Berlinga fights legit guys, he doesn't knock them out. In fact, he doesn't even look dominant against them like no, he used he to. Looks so, average. 
Yeah, and we, we've seen Berlinga there a couple of times just in the crowd, and he was supporting people. I think a Amanda Serrano mm-hmm. fight one time, and then he was at another one. It was at the Amanda Serrano, then one before that. It was, um, I can't remember who fight, was fighting then. But anyway, we've seen him there, mm-hmm. but we've seen him in the stands. Now he's going to be in the ring in the fight. So It's been a bit since he's fought last, too. When was his last fight? Yeah, not too long ago because he did fight not long ago, but I'll tell you for sure right now. I'm going to look it yeah, up. Yeah, so if, uh, a couple of years ago, he was one of our, well, you see, I think he was my, he was on my prospect or whatever we call he had 16 straight knockouts though. of course you had reason to have I that had reason feeling. and it wasn't necessarily that i thought he was going to continue just be a knockout artist but it was you know bringing in puerto rican community there was excitement he headlined madison square garden sold it out i mean there's very few people in the, in the puerto rican fight game that are doing that you have him you obviously have a man of serrano that can do that um your boy xander xander zayas yeah who do, i don't know maybe he can or cannot. I don't know if he would sell out at Madison Square Garden yet. We're about to find out if he can because he's he's at that point now to yeah. where he could he headlined a show, not a yeah. Madison show, but he had he's gonna headline. So eventually they're gonna put him in there because it's rightfully so. And he's with another. He's with Xander Zai is with Top Rank and Edgar Berlinga now yeah. is not with him. He is with uh, DAZN and uh, Matchroom, I think. Yes. So um, he is. Yeah. His last fight was the end of June of 2023. So he's, I mean it's that's not bad. Too, that's know. not it terrible. Like but yeah, at this, you, at this you level, fight in June, you should be fighting at the end of the year for sure. Now yeah. he's fighting at the beginning. The These guys quarter. with this record at this level, they should yeah. be fine at least twice, you know, a year. I mean, he fought at Madison Square Garden as his last fight. Yeah, well, that's great. But now he's so fighting now he, in the Caribe Royale he's lost, Orlando. He's one, two, three fights in a row. Or, yeah, but, you know, Caribe has been. I know. Serrano's been there. I know. Jake Paul has but been he, here. But he, I think, in his mindset is something that he is not yet. And he needs to get a yeah. little bit more under this belt and get back to those knockouts or yeah. get back to the exciting fights. We haven't seen an exciting Berlanga fight in a while, right? No. Berlanga went 16-0 and 0 with 16 knockouts. Yeah. Now he is 20-0 and 0 with 16 knockouts. He hasn't recorded a single knockout since going. So you know he's frustrated, and, and, and what we see sometimes with these guys is that they get frustrated, and, then they and start those knockouts looking. were all first rounders, be yes, money. Yes. Holy moly! But here's what happens with guys like that: sometimes they now look for it. Yeah. They get too frustrated, and they rely on it. So I wonder if he's going to be coming out looking for that. Well, he's had now, but he's had since 20, his last knockout was in 2020. Yeah. So that's four years. He's learned, I hope, to box now. Or is it, I'm frustrated, it's been four years. I mean, it easily could be. I mean, because that's, I mean, that plays, talking about mental, that's, he, for sure, if he's not seeing a a sports psych, he needs to, because that is something mentally that you have to get through and battle through Let's say this fight goes the distance, maybe even a split decision for Berlanga. Okay. Where does he go from there? Yeah, I mean, he's twenty-one and zero, so he'd be twenty-two and zero if he won, even by split decision. Still a great record. He's but. very sellable still, but at the high level, As in his own mind, he, he he's thinking like, "Oh my gosh, I'm I'm this is I'm twenty-two and zero, but like I feel like garbage." He's sellable. Eddie Hearn but, needs to then start lining up these you know tomato cans for him to fight, or cash him out and put him in against a Canelo. Or put him in mm. against a David Benavidez because mm. they're 168. Because uh, this fight, yeah. is, I think this is Edgar. Yeah, this is going to be Edgar's. He's campaigning out 168. So, I th- that's why I think he's. That's what I mean by sellable is if you put Edgar Berlinga in there versus a Canelo or a David Benavidez, people are going to be like, oh wow, he's 22 and 0. Like those two guys is, would walk right through him. They they would. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful at all, but me and no, you both know realistic. that Canelo would walk through Berlinga. Yeah. So would David Benavidez. He they're on another level, and they've proved that. David Benavides or Edgar Berlinga has an opportunity and he's been having opportunities to prove that he can compete with those people. And I want to see it Curry Royale. I want to see him do something. So what we can Travis trying to say is this is a very, very important fight for Edgar Berlinga. 
He needs to put his stamp on this fight. It cannot be one of these that is just kind of a weak finish, weak performance, weak victory. If he wants to really have his name thrown into the mix, he has to show something on Saturday night at the Caribe Royale, on the zone, here in Orlando, Florida, February 24th, Edgar Berlanga. Pay attention. If you got the zone, be watching. And uh, if you don't, then you should be signing up to watch this fight. Yeah, he's gonna. Have, he can't like like you said too. He can't just win a decision. If he does, he needs to record a couple of knockdowns in yeah. there. It needs to be kind of bloody. It needs to be kind of back. Because and you forth. know what, there's because plenty of not. guys out there that are 21, 22 yeah. and 0. And you you notice nowadays that you can get a guy there for sure. Let's see on this undercard though. Guess who's on this undercard? He's a guy that I picked on my. I think I was like, uh, was it was it our prospect of the year to look out for? Whatever that was, we had the end of the year ones. Is Andy Cruz. He's only two mm-hmm. and zero, oh, mm-hmm. but this kid's pretty phenomenal. He's fighting a guy fourteen and two. He's fighting on that card, mm. so that's kind of a cool little thing that we're having here in Orlando, Florida. Um, Antonio Vargas is fighting, who okay. we watched yep. there, so he's on the card. I love the guy because he's got a very big uh, faith following, and mm-hmm. he and he follows God very well as well. Very well, I don't know. He follows God how he should, I guess you could say. Don't I don't know. even know. I don't know, but he's in very public, thankful. Way, he's yeah. very thankful, and yep. he's very. he seems very faith-based, and I like that. Um, but he's fighting on the card, too. So it, it's going to be a good card out there. So you guys are getting your money's worth for sure. And to be fair, I've never not went to a box lab card, and I walked away, and I was just like, I didn't get my money's worth. Are you worth. not entertained? Well, no, I, I, no, not I, inter- no, I am. Very much I'm so. I'm very entertained. If they ask me, I would say yes. 100%. If they shouted at me like that, I'd be like, well, well I was. Thank you. So that card is promoted by Eddie Hearn of Matchroom Boxing, Amari, Pedro, and Eric of Box Lab Promotions, mm-hmm. Matchmakers, Melvin Rivas, and Kevin Rooney Jr. I wonder why that is. Um, but yeah, it should be a good card. I think it's pretty solid. Berlinga has another. Here's the deal, though. I said this a while ago, but I was like, his opportunities are shrinking. Absolutely. Okay. And I don't want to say this is his last one. I don't think he's that desperate yet. But I think it's his last one to be on the major. Yes, his marketability is shrinking for yes. sure. Um, it, you know, boxers can you know go through low periods of their career and come back, but the marketability in the moment right now for him is shrinking, and so he needs it to is. take advantage of that on Saturday at the Caribe Royale on the Zone, February twenty fourth. Get your tickets. I do believe he relocated his training camp, but he's been here in Florida, I think in Tampa area, and he's been training there now. Mm. He's relocated. He's done a lot of different stuff. So I hope that it's working out. I know a strength and conditioning coach he's been working with too. So I do hope all that's working. The guy obviously is does have talent. Absolutely. So we we do we do know that he can do oh, stuff, yeah. but he Listen, just hasn't been doing it. We're going to be critical on the outside looking in because that's what we do. We're in, in any podcast or any sports show or whatever else. This is the, we were looking at it from an outsider's point of view, and from what I see, is he needs to get back to not necessarily knockout ways, but a dominant yeah. form of victory, and that's going to what what will continue to propel his career as it was when he was sixteen and zero and just running through guys and known for something. He was known for the first round knockout. You can't make a career of that, uh, but you need to be it's propelling tough. yourself into that conversation by getting back to that dominant victory uh, mindset and and um, performance. So we can trap. That being said, let me th- throw it to you. Final thoughts, episode 147. Uh, it's been a little bit since we've been on here with the podcast, but mm-hmm. I just encourage everybody to check out our In This Corner. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to stack our Rolodex of up-and-coming fighters, established fighters like the Mike Perrys, the Terrence Crawfords, um, the Chris Billum Smiths, 
um, checking out a bunch of up and comers. Uh, check out our last one we just did. It was Jorge Carlos, uh, Giovanni Marquez, all of those guys. Check it out on our uh, in this corner segment of our podcast. But uh, I just I want to actually be grateful today in my final thoughts and thank our listeners and thank our subscribers because we couldn't do this without them. If we were still in the early stages and we had like 50 subs, we would probably be, be a tough. little bit um, hard pressed in four years to keep. We doing would this. really have to be drawn to drinking heavily, which maybe we are, maybe yeah. we're not. <laughs> but but at least for my spouse to allow this to continue, uh, I, I would have to really <laughs> have a, a good salesmanship behind it. But no, I agree with you. It's uh, you know this is still fun. I know our schedules have kind of sucked over the last couple yeah. of months. That's fine. That's what happens. But. Uh, hopefully we get now back on a good tract of normalcy, uh, especially with the interviews, which are great. Definitely look at those uh, folks. We have a good one dropping. I don't know where we will drop it in the midst of this episode, probably after the episode drops. So pay attention to our rumblings on Instagram, weighing in with Travis Hartman. If you follow us there, follow us on Facebook. I guess you have a tick and a talk tick. Yeah, we got a weighing in with Travis and TikTok now. TikTok. Is that what the kids are calling it? TikTok, TikTok. Yes. Also, don't forget... Giovanni Estella landed mm. the $1 million prize fighter tournament. He's fighting March 31st in Big Japan. Time. Happy for We're going to have him again in this corner within the next couple, two to three weeks before he goes off. So definitely be looking out for that to drop too. Gio's been on our show twice now. He, two or three times now, actually. Gio yeah. might Gio might be a, he's a veteran now. He's for a the veteran. Way he, I love it. And he's, he trains and, and trains right here in Orlando, Florida. So we love it. We thank him and the family for always giving us their time uh, to do their this. Love, Anytime we ask them. in person. Oh my gosh. Ma, Mama Estella is oh, awesome. She's great. Papa Estella is too. Like they're, they're all, too. they're awesome. And I think next time I think I'm going to have Papa Estella and Gio on the show at the same time. And we have a cool setting that I already have planned out okay. where we're going to have that too. And you know what? So at cool. one point we got to interview little bro too. Oh yeah, he's up and coming amateur. Is he? Yeah, yeah. Gio's girlfriend too. And I just yeah. seen she just yeah. won another fight in the amateurs. Like this girl wins a lot too. Exciting family. Excited for him and what what he can put on display there in March or later in March. And uh, anyway, so we can travel. That's it. Episode one forty seven in the books. If you have yet to subscribe, please do so below. Hit the bell icon if you want to be notified when those interviews drop and other episode content. And uh, just give us a, a, a sub is always helpful. Find us on Instagram. That's where we do a lot of our promoting of things and conversational pieces on Instagram at Wayne in with Travis Hartman. And that is it. Sip it up. That over there is the talent Travis Hartman, a.k.a. Weekend Trav. That over there is B-Money, a.k.a. Brandon Waters, oh. a.k.a. the man, the myth, the legend, the producer, the man who takes care of all of the intricate details of these videos getting broadcasted to you guys. We couldn't do this without B-Money doing this as well. So it's a team effort for sure. B-Money's carrying a heavy load, and I appreciate it, B-Money. I appreciate you, brother. God bless. God bless. <laughs>